This is Shi'ar Jashub, coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be listening to the conclusion of a powerful sermon by Pastor Greg Scalzo in his series on Heavenly Authority. Pastor is teaching on false teachers in the church, and when we left off, he was at 2 Timothy 4, verse 3. When people want their desires, in which case, that type of salvation is what? That type of Christianity is what? It's Jesus fitting into their desires, right? Who doesn't want to go to heaven? Who doesn't want to feel forgiven? Who doesn't want to be healed? Who doesn't want to have the Lord bless them, right? So Jesus, it's not that they're submissive to Jesus. Jesus fits with their plans and their desires. And when something in the gospel does not, then there's a problem. And he says, because of their itching ears. Now that word, their itching, means to scratch, to tickle, to getting the ears tickled or scratched. Clement of Alexandria tells of speakers tickling, using the same Greek word, tickling the ears of those who want to be tickled. Archibald Thomas Robinson, a great Greek scholar, says, this is the temptation of the merely popular preacher to furnish the latest tickle. Right? How true that is, right? We've seen that. If anyone that's been saved for some time, right, you've seen that, I'm sure, the different tickles and fads that come and go. The popular preacher. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. I believe the NIV says they will gather around them a great number of teachers. Heap up in the Greek a great number of teachers. Now stop a minute and think. We've been talking about the terror and the abomination of false teachers who draw people off in error uh, and the judgment, and Peter makes it very clear, the judgment that awaits them for so doing. And they prey on the unsuspecting many times. If you look earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, you see how these types, how they pray many times on those who are loaded down with sins, and they take advantage of them by all their great swelling words. So we've looked at the false teachers, but you know the responsibility of the error is not just on one side. It's not just on one side. 2 Timothy 4.3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, implication, false teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. They, the people, will not endure sound doctrine. It's not just the false teachers. If all the people had their heart right with God, what would happen to those false teachers? They wouldn't make a penny. There would be no opportunity. They'd go out and they'd become something else. But it's because the people heap them to themselves. There's an odd, weird relationship going on here between the demonic teacher and the people that want what they want. And they draw the teachers to themselves. They want to hear something, and they get the teacher that tells them exactly what they want to hear. And so they get these false teachers that scratch and tickle the itching ears. They lift them up, they support them, they ordain them, and they gather them to tell them what 
they want to hear rather than what God's word truly says. They heap, they want, and we all know human nature, people go after what they want. Timothy, a time is coming when the true gospel will not be popular even in the supposed church. And false teaching will be very, very popular. Therefore what? What, Timothy? Preach the word. Preach the word, don't compromise. Be ready. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all patience, all long suffering. And one in verse two, and teaching, and teaching. Didache, teaching, instruction, doctrine. You preach, you teach what is right, what has been handed down from the apostles as hard and as long as you can. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. When the ears tickle by what they want to hear for their own desires, it means what? They're gonna, if you go after what you want to hear, you're going to turn away the ears, turn away from the truth. You can't have both. They'll turn away from the truth. They won't hear it any longer. They won't listen to it any longer. They just won't listen to it. It'll stop. The gospel, to them, they don't want to hear the true gospel of God. And if you shut out the gospel of God, what happens? If you close the ear to the gospel of God, you shut out God's guidance and his correction. If we don't listen to the sound doctrine, how can we ever be corrected? When we read the Bible, we read the Bible to learn, to get guidance, to get convicted, right? It's good to get convicted. That's a good thing. When you read the Bible and say, yeah, well, I haven't really done that. That's a good thing. When you say, I'm not even going to read that scripture again, that's a bad thing. Because if you shut the ear, what hope is there? You shut it to the Holy Spirit. They turn aside from the truth and they turn instead, and here we have it again. What do they turn to? Verse 4, to fables. Muthos in the Greek. Muthos, from which we get the word myths. Right? Same as 1 Timothy 1.4. A tale, a fiction, a myth, a story, a narrative, a made-up thing. A man-made thing as opposed to a God truth. And again, you see how they were so concerned for the truth and not fiction. The apostles were given this trust. You know, some of the modern ministers in these churches, these mainline churches, they love telling the Bible stories. They'll talk about Noah and the flood. Now, they don't believe there ever was a flood, and they don't believe there ever was a man named Noah, but they love telling the story. This is our rich culture. All these wonderful stories have a point. It's like the old tribesman sits down, and the great-grandfather tells this made-up story to give the little kids a principle. And isn't it good, isn't it wonderful, just don't take it literally. That's the attitude of a lot of modern ministers. They like talking about, I saw Bill Moyer have a, a show on PBS and all these religion people sitting around talking, and they're speaking about Genesis. Now, not one of them believes God created the heavens and the earth. They don't believe there was an Adam and Eve, but they love talking about the account of Adam and Eve because to them it's a fable. So if that's a fable, they can add their own fables to it. And they'll talk about the fables from this culture and that culture, and they kind of mix them all together. That's not what the apostles preached and died for. 
Jesus never taught that way. This is a truth. This is a reality. And their attitude was, God forbid you bring in these fables and myths and corrupt truth with a lie. And coming off the Christmas season, we can say that to Christian parents, how dare you then take and corrupt the truth and the nativity of the birth of God, of incarnation of Jesus Christ, and corrupt it with an account of Santa Claus and Frosty and well, aren't you confusing your children the same way the false teachers confuse the people that Paul was speaking about then and prophesying to the future. Right? They were very concerned that there was a truth of the gospel and that should be separated from any of these muthos, myths and fables. And there were many at this time. Let me just read verse, uh, I'll read it to you, Titus 1, 13 and 14. He says, this testimony is true. What Paul's saying to Titus, what I'm telling you is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound, again that word, in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. There were Jewish fables, Christian fables, all floating around that distracted from the truth. And Paul and Peter and all the apostles, this to them was life and truth, and they didn't want any corruption by the nonsense of the false teachers. For the time will come, they will no longer listen to the truth, only to fables. Fables in the so-called church, fables in the society at large. When the society desires to heap to itself false teachers, abundance of teachers, you go into Yale, you go into Harvard, you go into all the universities, they've heaped to themselves false teachers, telling you that a a small microscopic speck of nothingness had a fluctuation in the waveform and exploded, inflated, and then exploded, and everything you see in the universe is here because there was a fluctuation in a wave of nothingness. That's a fable. That, you know, you have a, a few little globs of uh, carbon and hydrogen and oxygen and water and a methane environment, a lightning bolt strikes, you form a polypeptide chain, somehow it reproduces itself and you have this evolution and here you are today. That's a fable. That's a myth. And the society has heaped to itself. There are more professors that believe that myth than there are those that do not. Society has heaped to itself those who believe in fables. And in the so-called church, as we said, solid Bible teaching, correcting, reproving, rebuking. True Christianity, unfortunately, too many times is being replaced by a media-savvy, bubbling, enthusiastic, media-show Christianity. And it's too hard, some ministers might say, in today's environment, in this new age, to preach the truth of God. But don't lose hope. For Paul, even Paul talks about his own brethren in Romans chapter 11. He says, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. There is a remnant. Elijah, there's a remnant. You're not the only one. Paul knew there's a remnant. He wasn't the only Jew that believed the truth. And in Joel, it says in chapter 2, verse 32, prophesying about the last days, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord 
calls, Yahweh calls. There is a remnant from the Jew and the Gentiles. There is a remnant from the church that will hold true to the word of God. Matter of fact, as the time comes when men will not put up with sound doctrine, they will become closer to God and adhere closer to his holy word and seek the truth of his spirit over the lives of men. We're not alone. There are others. There are many, many others. And it will be as though the separation of the wheat and the chaff. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your holy word. We give you thanksgiving, Father. And we pray, Father God, that we would each commit, and all those who hear this message would commit themselves to the purity and the good conscience, Father God, and the sincere faith of your glorious gospel, Father God, for which there is nothing else more wonderful, the pearl of great price, Father, the great treasure of the kingdom. Lord, help us to discern your truth from all the noise in this generation that has gone so far astray. Father God, and help us as we see times changing, not to lose heart, but to look up because we know our redemption draws near. And to pray for you to call out to Mount Zion, your people, your remnant, that will stay true to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We invite you to view our new Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel on YouTube, Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Each study is then posted up on YouTube to be viewed 24-7. So please join us live or at your convenience afterwards. You can search YouTube for the channel or use the link we have placed on the church website at shiarjeshub.org.